Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 339, March 10th, 2020. 66 degrees on two occasions, 2012 and 2015, and 17 below in 1948. And now, from the mayor's office. I love you. I love you. I do love you, but I love to tease you. It's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, director of social media. Yeah. John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny. I'm here every day, every day. Shop. Occasionally. Here is your flashlight <laughs> king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense. Your mayor, Joe Sushire. Following the lead of the St. Paul City Council, Mayor Jacob Fry has proclaimed today as Abortion Provider Appreciation Day in Minneapolis. Hmm. Uh, parade's at uh, 6 tonight. Uh, St. Paul Parade, I think, is this afternoon. On Tuesday, Gender Justice and the Whole Women's Health Alliance announced the news and applauded Fry's proclamation. National Abortion Provider Appreciation Day first began in 1996 to honor the life of Dr. David Gunn, an abortion provider who was shot and killed in March of '93. The proclamation uh, also comes days after abortion providers and their attorneys argue before the Supreme Court in the June Medical Services versus Russo case. The result of that case could impact abortion access across the country. Fry says the proclamation honors a local abortion provider, Whole Women's Health, which has provided reproductive health care to Minnesotans in 2012. Uh, the Supreme Court isn't expected to make a decision in June Medical Service versus Russo until later this year. So it's it's official now in both cities. This is Abortion Providers Appreciation Day. I, I really don't know how we're supposed to feel. Well, you, you celebrate, I guess. <clears throat> well, they should get a little sounder for that, shouldn't they? Huh? Uh, how about uh, this one? Were you thinking a little more aggressive? Some people go by there and there's great big bubbles. That's a, yeah. I have a question about that. Yeah. Whether, whatever side of the aisle you happen to feel on the abortion topic, and I know it's one we don't broach very often on no, this show. No, it's very difficult. But isn't the entire notion of having a day really dangerous? In what sense? Well, then what, what next? What, what do you expect from the Mysterians? Well, I, I, I don't I, like people. I don't expect much from the Mysterians, but obviously everyone has their own personal opinion what, what I on don't the li- topic. What I don't like about this celebration is that even if you are pro-choice, the, the option of getting one isn't really something to celebrate. Exactly. that You said it much it's, better than I did. It's not a yes. celebratory moment. I mean, even if you are pro-choice, I mean, you don't go down there with a banner right. and a kazoo going, yeehaw! That, that's mm-hmm. been happening on social media with various actresses. Well, we uh, had what's-her-name at the at the uh, Oscars. Happy happy that they had an abortion so they could have a career and they were celebrating it. And Michelle on and on Williams. And on. Michelle oh, Williams. she's just a dreadful. Yeah. But to me, uh, I don't think it's uh, a leap to extrapolate from that uh, the continuing evidence that the uh, Mysterians ruling from the Salon really don't take young people into their thinking a lot. They don't take children into their thinking. We've, we've, we've observed that on a number of occasions. And today's headline 
in the Star Tribune metro section is Minneapolis bets on walking, biking, and transit. Mm. And then by 2010, they want uh, people to be more on foot, bike, and bus than car. By when? By 2010. I didn't... What's... 2030. 2030. 2030, I'm sorry. Okay. 10 years from now, which I didn't even think we had. I didn't even think yeah, we had I 10 years. But that. it's a prelude to the 2040 plan, uh, which is sustainable urban density. And that's uh, 20 years. I didn't think we had 20 years. Uh, loons do, but we don't. We're in trouble. We're in trouble. But this this concentrated effort to get people out of the automobile under the misguided idea that they're going to save the earth really does not take in a young family into consideration. Nor the weather in the northern climate. Yeah, you're not going to ride your bike to work when it's 20 below. Now they'll say, "Well, fine. Well, you we're going to we're going to increase such uh, access to public transit that you'll never have longer than a five or ten minute walk to a bus." Or uh, right, or the one of the things disputed is the amount of time you wait for the bus. Mm-hmm. So they want to make these these buses or what they're calling high frequency more more often. But I I didn't. We don't elect people to tell us our behavior standards. Uh, GLers are conscientious. They're last droppers. They're conservationists by nature. Uh, they don't waste gasoline. They're efficient. They keep their cars repaired. Uh, we we don't need to be urged to walk. Plus, what if you're what if you're uh, what if you're terribly arthritic? Right. What if you've got three kids? What if you have old shoes? Old shoes. Yeah. Suits. What I'm seeing here, and in, in ever increasingly in all these articles is a trend to where they're acknowledging, even if they're acknowledging it silently, that they don't care, you don't matter. Right, and they're, they're going to... shove this down your throat. Well, they, Lisa Bender uh, says what we're really doing here is opening up true choice. I already have that choice. If I want to walk somewhere, I don't need your guidance. You walk every day. I walk anyway. Every day. What we're really doing here is opening up true choice, City Council President Lisa Bender said. Is she the one that doesn't shovel her sidewalk? Yep, that's her. When you have a choice between a 10-minute car ride versus a 45-minute bus ride, that isn't really a choice for a lot of people. Well, you got that right, lady. It's not a choice for me. A 2020 travel behavior study. 2010. Jeez, I'm getting all my dates wrong. That's okay. A 2010 travel behavior study by the Metropolitan Council showed 68% of trips in the city were taken by car, a majority of which were by people driving alone. By 2030, transportation officials want to bring that down to 40%. Okay, that's where where I'm saying to you, they're going to shove this down your throat whether you want it or not. They don't want you accessing downtown by vehicle. By your own vehicle. Good luck to you doing it now anyway with how many roads are destroyed. They want you downtown. Either you walk down there or you take a bus down there or you take the train. Or bicycle, yeah. And the train, Mm -hmm. or bicycle. And the train has become... Uh, very unfriendly in both cities. I was going to bring Very that unfriendly. Up. Uh, some of you know that I, I bartend occasionally downtown. I'm unaware of that. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not leaving downtown at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning with cash in my pocket and getting on the bleeping light rail. Oh, God, can you imagine? No. There was one kid that attempted to do that, and we all said, you're out of your mind. I'll give you a ride home. Yeah. Yes, do you have something? I, I wrote a song about this, oh, as a nice. matter of fact. Well, yes. uh, pipe in, pipe okay, in. Okay, well, let me... Is it called Walk This Way? <laughs> I just wanted to show off there. Ready? Yeah. Yes. 
Hit it. By 2030, you should take the bus. That extra hour, oh, what's the fuss? <laughs> or I could ride my bike right through the snow. Twelve inches of it, oh, I just won't go. <laughs> or I could walk, people give you lots of smiles. What's that you say, oh, it's 12 miles? Oh, <laughs> crap. <laughs> So in closing, I'd still like to take my car. Woo! Because one tank of gas can get me pretty far. <laughs> nice, all right, John. all right, nice. all right, all right. Uh, I, I think there's something else behind this. Uh, I, I could be way off base here, but let's let's explore it from this angle. The ideology from the salon is that... What they envision is a is a cafe society in a certain sense, a, a European style cafe society, where work is de-emphasized, in the interest of, of, not working, <laughs> and and to to make it harder or less agreeable to get to work by disabusing you of the idea that you should own your own transportation. What, aren't they really saying that that work doesn't should not have that high of a place in your in your structure in your in your life? Yes. Because because if they disabuse you of your own car, yep. and you get a blizzard, all of us still come to work. Yep, here we are. Right. But but many people would not, and I would think that in the salon they would find that excusable. Well, let's just keep it with us. If we only had those options, we wouldn't be here. Because I know I wouldn't show up. I'm not riding my bike. Uh, when I drive in in the morning, Joe, 12 minutes. That's what it takes yeah. me. If I rode my bike in the morning, See you. 45 minutes. Well, an hour. you're right. I'm done. If no. they if they extended the light rail out to the Eden Prairie Chaska area, it would take me three hours to get here. Yep. But what are they? What do they want us to replace work with? What? What will occupy that? I mean, oh, work from home. Their obedience to them. Yeah. Which doesn't pay well. In huh? the interest of saving the earth. And you're not taking young families into consideration. No. And they're windmilling themselves because these are the same people who always find there's never enough money for education. Well, there you care about the kids because they're under your control, under a school roof. But you don't give a bleep about how they're supposed to get to school. I guess the buses today in St. Paul ran because nobody bothered to tell the school buses that the teachers <laughs> were on strike. <laughs> there were school buses, <laughs> empty buses, stopping at empty corners, picking up no kids. We, yes. the, there was, yes. the, I think it was Fox 9 was running the superintendent speaking, and he said something to the effect of, well, this is affecting the kids. Yeah, they're super bummed out that yeah, they got to yeah. stay home. <laughs> There's well, a couple of items, though, in this article that I was hoping you'd mention because they pretty much admit that what's happening right now is failure. And it's right there on the first page before the jump. To meet these goals, they're talking about this 252-page plan. Yeah. To meet these goals, they will have to reverse falling ridership in a bus system that's not under their control and change habits in a city where driving is still the easiest way to get around. Right. And then they go on later in the article. They look to expand the number of places people can reach by bike or bus, 
putting the plan together, uh, transportation officials heard from residents that it's not going to work, et cetera, et cetera. And then they throw some figures at you. Did you see this? Rook, look up Lisa Bender for me, her her uh, resume. What has she done in life? Uh, for all I know, she's a lawyer. I have no idea. They're going to have to reverse this decline in local bus ridership. As of 2018, 47% of people in the city lived within a five-minute walk of high-frequency transit and 68% lived within a 10-minute walk. That means they could get there quickly walking. By 2030, these officials want to bring that up to 75% and 90% significantly. But they, again, they're going to move buildings closer together? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, now that you bring it up, that's what they're doing in South Minneapolis. They're building a lot of these high-density units close to main lines, either bus line or the train. Why have they positioned themselves as opponents of the people who pay their bills. I, I can't think, there's no, there's no answer for that. I don't get it. It's the people in their car going to work that pay the bills that allow you people to sit around and pontificate because you think that your sense of virtue is so uh, significant and so enlightened and so important that it's important for you to tell me to diminish the use of my car. Well, that's how I pay you. Well, see, that's how I pay you. Lisa Bender and Melvin Carter and the rest of them. In 1980, what was the city council working on? Uh, Because they didn't have Building the the Metrodome, seriously, (laughs) in Minneapolis. Okay. How about 75? Uh, I mean, what were the issues at hand, roughly? I I mean, what would be a normal thing? Well, the farther back you go, the the issues at hand would be ones that we would be more aligned with. Did you... uh, Infrastructure, streetlights, repairing streets, keeping the libraries open... uh, there was, uh, you know, a, a, I would imagine a, a great percentage fewer social programs and what have you. You got anything on Lisa Bender? Uh, Lisa Bender? She ever had a real job. Born in Shoreview, Irondale, a University of Minnesota in Spanish and biology. All right. She moved to New York and was the communications director for the Institute for Transportation and Development Policy. Okay, that means <laughs> she's a community activist. Master's degree in city and regional planning from UCAL Berkeley. Community oh, activist. Boy, from she worked for the city of San Francisco as a city planner and then returned to Minnesota in 09 where she worked for Hennepin County before moving to the Department of Transportation to manage Minnesota's safe routes to school program. All right. She's never had a job outside government. Is that a fair statement? Uh, that is a fair statement. She yeah. replaced our own Barb Johnson, who was a friend of Garage Logic. She oh, did, she was uh, a, Barb yes. Johnson was a friend of the people. Yeah, Barb Johnson was a GLer. Yes. There's no GLers currently on either city council. Correct. There's a there's a woman on the St. Paul City Council who has a chance to be a GLer. Jane Prince. Okay. Uh, just a chance. It's an outside chance. We'll take our chances. But she's she's occasionally opposed property tax increases. Okay. <laughs> she's occasionally occasionally opposed them. <laughs> Yeah. She has a chance to be what, a GL. When the Minneapolis City Council uh, was discussing plans for the Metrodome, did you ever cover that, Joe? How'd that work out for you? Well, were you a proponent or opponent? I forget which. You guys just worked have to forget out. where that how that fire. worked out. For worked you. out pretty well for me. <laughs> gotta light that fire, don't you? Yeah. To answer your earlier question, it only uh, cost me my job. Right. So. <laughs> your earlier question, uh, as, asking what their motivation is, it seems to be, and I can't find any other reason. Greenhouse gas emissions, mm-hmm. but I don't. I don't believe that. Well, I believe there's got to be something else. Something oh, where's more. Where's today's environmental statistic, Rook? Uh, I need it because we got an ass statistic in here hmm. uh, that needs to be uh, broadcast. I'll find it. Uh, 
See, if I could have the ability to go from page to page here. You do. I don't know how. No one has taught me. Let's do it right now. Okay. In the middle Grab of the show. Mouse. Here's my mouse. See this guy right here? This is my mouse. That little thing right there? <laughs> yep. Yep. Click on that. Yep. You can rotate through all the other What's stuff that? there. What's yeah, but I don't saying? know where it would be. Go this, to this uh, is my two podcast bumps. This is my, my gun. gun. Huh? It's in the upper for right killing. corner. Right the here? other is for fun. Uh, yes. Is that in... What movie was that? Uh, Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. Full Metal Jacket, yeah. yeah. Here's today's environmental statistic. Uh, that was two conversations right there. <laughs> it really was. was. 2030. Thanks for coming for us. It was the tonnage. This is my weapon. This is my, my gun. gun. Yeah, that's this, what it was. Oh. Right? This one's for no, killing. This no. one's for fun. Here we go. Here we go. All right. I found it. Here to, we go. Are we ready? Here's today's environmental statistic. The transportation sector, this would be in Minneapolis, is responsible for 24% of all greenhouse gas emissions in the city. By decreasing reliance on vehicles, the city hopes to go from 1.02 metric tons of greenhouse emissions to 0.7 metric tons by 2030. Yep. Yep. What's well, an ass statistic? That's the one I was going to read to you. Yeah. Does anybody know how you would measure a greenhouse gas and weigh it? Nope. Rainy day in do you, Brooklyn. Do you hold it in your hand? Yeah. Uh, what? But here, the big obstacle they're facing, and this should back up our argument: declining ridership. Mm -hmm. Declining ridership. People don't want to ride the bleeping bus or the train because they could get beat up. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. There's also a very small piece in the paper about Denmark, and they're doing the same thing, only they're, they're really high-stepping it. The country needs additional steps to achieve a 2030 target of reducing emissions by 70%. But that's 70%. See, you're identifying the problem. What you have in Minneapolis and St. Paul are people keenly interested in being and pretending they're Denmark. And, and we're not. We're much larger than... De you can get away with a lot of this stuff in smaller countries. Yeah. And plus, yeah. they've already achieved the cafe society in places like Denmark. And and uh, I, I think also you would find, I don't know the statistics, I could certainly look them up. Uh, I would imagine in Denmark, you would have a much lower birth rate than you do in this country. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the salon dwellers, I think this is crucial for uh, people to know. They're not factoring in the way, see, we can't even say the majority anymore. Do you think the majority of Minneapolitans are families, nuclear families with children? Uh, the majority? I would take a swing at that and say, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I'd say the guess would but be, you'd yeah. be you'd be outside the, the specific urban core. You get out to where you live and then beyond, along the creek and around Harriet and Calhoun. Those are homes that have children in them. Right. All right. Mm. And the, but so who are these people talking to? Are they only talking to the people they anticipate will be living downtown? No, I think their plan is for everybody. You know, from the, the crosstown all the way up to Stinson. Well, yeah, I know it's the, everybody. The majority of the downtown, let's say the the condo livers, you know, the ones that live. Those are all the 20-somethings that have yet to start a family, and a lot of them also are the retirees. I got news for you. Boy, you just nailed it. I have two friends groups, and that's who they are, yep. without kids and kids long gone. Yep. Okay, I got news for you. How about a nice condo downtown, Joe? Uh, if That's not my cup of tea, but were it, 
I would not have trouble not owning a car. I might have one stash somewhere. But I can see the wisdom of not owning a car. Boy, I can't. Not if, at all. If, I'm, if I was retired and living in a loft in downtown Minneapolis, oh. I'm going to walk to the ball game. I'm going to walk to the store. That is not until my Well, until my legs don't give out, and then I don't know what I'm going to do. But I can see the wisdom of not owning a car if I lived in the urban density core. I, I, I can't. Well, I... How do you get to Duluth for the occasional I got trip? a car. I got a car to, to, a, to a warehouse somewhere. How do you go know. to Chicago? Yeah. How do, well, you know. Plus, when your legs get out, you're certainly welcome to hire an in-home guy that knows how to push wheelchairs around. <laughs> live, in, live in healthcare with yeah. the... Uh, comes with a couple of kids. Can and, you imagine him? Oh, God. <laughs> pushing you around. Joe, we're going to the convenience store You know what? <laughs> I would pay for that reality yeah. show. Oh, that's that's a reality so show I'd watch. Little Smokies. Actually, it'd be a good sitcom, I think. Yeah. Oh. So. Yes. Well, you know, guys at Car and Driver, Road and Track, Motor Trend, I've read a lot of columns from car guys. You could even probably get Jeremy Clarkson to agree with this. What they see in the future is you you will own a car, but you'll only drive it the way people currently go fox hunting or, or have a horse farm. As a lark. As, as a, a lark. Fun. You'll have a private road to drive it around on. You'll have a club that oh. out in Chaska. They already have those yeah, condo yeah. garages in mm-hmm. Chaska. You'll have a club, and then you'll keep your car there, and I would imagine you'll have to get there by public transportation. But then, uh, you know, somebody from the salon will be there with a gas meter and a stopwatch and say, okay, you can use your car for an hour. But that's that's an envisionment, if that's even a word. It's not. For Metro, like you say, <laughs> the world's tallest buildings. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work in the country. No. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, it wouldn't work, say, where Chris and I live. Yeah, it wouldn't no even work there. in the burbs. No, but they loathe the fact where you live. Yeah. They loathe it. They loathe where you live, Reavers. Well, they em. want you in a tower. <laughs> they want you in a Soviet-era 1957 gray brick tower. Well, I would live there if I wasn't going to get beat up for my cell phone walking to Target They have downtown. no business telling people like Chris and John how or where or anything like that, what to do with their lives. Mm-hmm. N- none at all. Envisionment sounds like something you would place on the pillow at the Envision Hotel. Envisionment. Envisionment. The Envisionment. I think that's a great word. It should be in the dictionary. I can see the end for me and CP. I can see how it's going to end. Because we had a meeting the other day with some people. And it was on the 24th floor of a building with tremendous views. Oh, no. She could live there in a heartbeat. And I said, see you later. Why? I ain't living anywhere where I can't open the door and walk outside. Where you can't pee out your back That's door. That's right. Oh. That's right. No, man, I ain't living on the 24th floor. Yes, it's, it, you to can go see. outside would be a task. You'd have to call the elevator. You have to go down. Bleep that. Wow. I'm Ele- living on the ground. Elevator's out, sir. You'll have to take the cha- uh, the stairs. Yeah. How about yeah, a nice condo next to the ice machine? Yeah. Oh, yeah, God. There you go. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. Please. Uh, all this talk of this makes me want to even get more cars. It makes me want to go out and... Okay. Go out to countryside and look at new Fiats and Volkswagens and Alfa Romeos. Uh, somehow, uh, I and I'm grateful, I, I am connected to Alfa Romeo's Twitter feed. 
And I get wonderful, really? wonderful videos of the new Alfa Romeos. I don't know how that happened. Somehow. You think Countryside put me on it? No, no you have to see. You, you would have had to. You have to do it. How did I do that? By <laughs> accident. We helped you. Oh, well, I'm glad I, yes. I got them Because now. we knew you would enjoy those. How, how do I do that? By the way, GLers, I shot five minutes of video earlier today of Cho trying to figure <laughs> out how to turn the cloud off, but it was so full of cursing that there's no <laughs> way I can even post 30 seconds of it. Countryside Volkswagen is in the southeast quadrant of Highway 36 and 61. It's a family-owned generational business. They don't own 25 stores with giant, uh, you know, dough bread balloons hanging above the thing, flying the American flag. What about flag. those floppy arm They might arm have the guys. American flag. What about the floppy arm They guys? don't have the floppy arm ones. <laughs> it's just great vehicles, really neat performance vehicles, Volkswagens, Alfa Romeos, Fiats. Uh, they're getting great response, too, from GLers. GLers are taking my uh, admonition. If, if you're in that SUV market uh, uh, for the German stuff, uh, will you please check out the prices on the Alfa Romeo Stelvio? I, I want you to, even if you don't buy one, go in there and, and, uh, and, and educate yourself on what a great value these cars are. Great panache, great history. The best logo in all of Autodom is the Alfa Romeo logo. Also, the Fiats with a great history, great panache, and the Volkswagens, of course. I believe Countryside might have been the first Volkswagen dealership uh, in the St. Paul area. I know that's where a previous generation got theirs, and uh, we had one growing up. I think there was a group of guys that just thought it was the greatest greatest thing they ever came across for the gas mileage. Uh, it's a countryside Volkswagen in Maplewood. It's Volkswagen. Uh, it's VW.com. No, it's SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzFiat.com, and SchmelzAlfaRomeo.com. The Earth is not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. In April of 2018, we looked it up. We played the audio of a fellow uh, talking to the Greensboro, North Carolina City Council. The Greensboro, North Carolina City Council was at the time uh, wrestling with what to do about gun violence in the wake of the Parkland High School shooting. And a fellow went viral, uh, an African-American guy named Mark Robinson. And you might recall this audio. You want to play this, please? Uh, I didn't have time to uh, You have to give us your name. I'm sorry. My name is Mark Robinson. I live right here in Greensboro. lived in Greensboro all my life. Uh, I didn't have time to write a fancy speech. I didn't have time to, you know, I didn't have the the resource of a English teacher to sit down and write a speech with at school today and be you know bought over here or practice or anything. What I really came down here for is this. Uh, I've heard a whole lot of people in here talking tonight about this group and that group and domestic violence and blacks, these minorities and that minority. What I want to know is when are you all going to start standing up for the majority? And here's who the majority is. I'm the majority. I'm a law-abiding citizen who's never shot anybody, never committed a serious crime, never committed a felony. I've never done anything like that. But it seems like every time we have one of these shootings, nobody wants to blame, put the blame where it goes, which is at the shooter's feet. You want to put it at my feet. You want to turn around and restrict my right, constitutional right that's spelled out in black and white, 
You want to restrict my right to buy a firearm and protect myself from some of the very people you're talking about in here tonight. It's ridiculous. I don't think Rod Serling could come up with a better script. It does not make any sense. The law-abiding citizens of this community and many communities around this country, we're the first ones taxed and the last ones considered and the first ones punished when things like this happens because our rights are the ones that are being taken away. That's the reason why I came down here today. Gun show or no gun show, NRA or no NRA. I'm here to stand up for the law-abiding citizens of this community because I'm going to tell you that what's going to happen. You can take the guns away from us all you want to. You all write a law, I follow the law, I'll bring my guns down here, I'll turn them in. But here's what's going to happen. The Crips and the Bloods on the other side of town, they're not going to turn their guns in. They're going to hold on to them. And what's going to happen when you have to send the police down there to go take them? The police can barely enforce the law as it is. It's what I see, we demonize the police, criminalize and, and, and vilify the police, and we make the criminals into victims. And we're talking about restricting guns? How are you going to do that? How are you going to do that when the police department's already hamstrung? You're not going to be able to go down here and take these guns from these criminals. So the criminals are going to hold on to their guns. They're still going to have them. They're still going to break in my house, and they're still going to shoot me with them. And guess who's going to be the one that suffers? It's going to be me. Well, I'm here to tell you tonight, it is not going to happen without a fight. And when I say fight, I don't mean shots fired. I don't mean fist thrown. I mean I'm going to come down here to this city council and raise hell just like these loonies from the left do until you listen to the majority of the people in this city. And I am the majority. The majority of the people. Wow. Oh, that's fantastic. Hey! Wow. Well, here's the update on Mr. Mark Robinson. Yeah. A first-time candidate got the most votes among the nine-person field in Tuesday's primary. Unofficial results show his 32.5% total more than doubled second-place finisher Andy Wells and exceeded the 30% threshold to avoid a runoff for the uh, position of lieutenant governor in North Carolina. Fantastic. Isn't that something? Awesome. Yeah, baby. Several rivals outraised Robinson, who would be the first African-American in the job if he wins in November. His grassroots efforts organizing from a social media buzz won out. Right now, it doesn't even seem real, Robinson said in an interview with the Associated Press. It's my first foray into this. It's been sort of surreal, and I can tell you I'm just as tickled as I can be. Robinson, who lives and was raised in Greensboro, spoke in April 2018 to the city council as it took comments on gun violence. The issue had gotten attention from the school shootings in Parkland, Florida, and attempts by some Greensboro leaders to cancel the gun show. In his four-minute speech, Robinson said he represented average people in the community whose safety gets threatened when firearms restrictions get implemented. He said criminals won't comply with those laws and will commit violence against people that do comply. I've heard a lot of people in here talking tonight about this group and that group, Robinson said in the video, which you all just heard. What I want to know is, when are you going to start standing up for the majority? And here's who the majority is. I'm the majority. Here, here, sir. Here, here. 
These and other words lamenting the demonizing of police officers apparently struck a nerve once the video was distributed online by U.S. Representative Mark Walker, a Greensboro Republican. Robinson's campaign said it had been viewed more than 150 million times. Holy cow. He became a TV show guest, speaker at gun rights rallies, and now a board member of the National Rifle Association. The new career as a personality in the conservative movement prompted him to put on hold a teaching degree he was working on. Mark is a tireless advocate for freedom, the Constitution, and the right to self-defense, who captured the hearts and minds of Americans across the country with his passionate defense of our Second Amendment. Robinson said he got into the race because he wanted to make a difference in North Carolina. It's about the opportunity to make this state better. Robinson now awaits the outcome of the Democratic primary, where State Representative Yvonne Holly of Raleigh got the most votes among the six candidates but failed to reach 30%. Holly, who was also black, and other rivals are pressuring second-place finisher Senator Terry Van Dyne of Asheville not to seek a runoff. Holly was lagged, has lagged in fundraising. The general election winner succeeds GOP Lieutenant Governor Dan Forrest, who is running for governor. Robinson emphasizes a platform to protect and expand school choice, oppose abortion, and support law enforcement. There are a few inherent powers that rest in the job. They include presiding over state Senate debate and serving on the State Board of Education and State Community College Board. Robinson, 51, said he was politically minded growing up. We talked about what was fair and unfair and how it aligned with our Christian faith, he said. Uh, Robinson's campaign raised $110,000 as of a few weeks ago, according to finance reports, and focused on social media. Uh, it... It was a dynamic personality that had a triggering event and just came out of nowhere to win that nomination. He's on our radar now. That's the Republican Party. He he is the answer to my dreams. He is the... Uh, he's the guy you talk about, the, yeah. isn't he? He's the guy in St. Paul I go to and say, will you please run? Yeah. And, and what is America hungering for if not this guy? $150 million, it, Who could not love his message? Right. And now he could very well end up being lieutenant governor of North Carolina. And, you you know, the, the professionals in the salon might say, well, this is disagreeable. He has no background in politics. And that's he, why we like uh, him. That's why we like him. <laughs> he's got a background in life. Because he's, he's got a background in common sense. He's not a millionaire. And, yeah. From a family of 10 kids. And wow. he was going into education. Yeah, and he which, worked in a furniture factory. Which is good because we need somebody with his perspective in office to make a difference in educational issues. I've got something else for him here. I went to his page. Mark Robinson is a true American patriot, born and raised in Greensboro. He grew up in an impoverished house as the ninth of ten children, experiencing alcoholism and witnessing domestic abuse firsthand. Mark was able not only to survive but thrive. He served in the Army Reserves as a medical specialist. He has worked in manufacturing and owned a small business. He not only knows the people of North Carolina, he is North Carolina. As Lieutenant Governor, Mark will fight for the life of the unborn and indoctrination in schools, defend the Second Amendment, make North Carolina the gold stand for veterans' care, and stand up for law enforcement. Screw Carolina. We need him running for president. (laughs) That's who we need in office. (laughs) Oh, my word. Well, I wanted to update the GLers on this guy because Kenny, maybe he is going places. Well, I hope so. Maybe he is going places. He I only looks so. to be, what do you think, 50 maybe? In yeah, his 50s? He's probably his early 50s. He's the guy I bug in St. Paul to no avail. But he, 
He seized on this opportunity. That's what and, America needs. Uh, but look at the I, I results. I think it's so fantastic. Process that. He got a whole bunch of votes and uh, just because of that speech. People yep. found out who he was and said, that's what we want. Because the majority is silent. How can the Salon look at that and be tone deaf to it? How can the Salon look at the, at the Mark Robinsons of the world and become tone deaf? Do you think, where do you think Mark Robinson would stand on a, on a 2030 plan that wants to get people out of their cars in Greensboro? Which I'm sure they have. The closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, you're finding various versions of what we talked about to open the show. 2030 plans, 2040 plans, all bent on a sustainable urban core that carries along with it all the bag re- baggage of progressivism. All the baggage. Everything you want. Uh, and here's a guy who said, what the hell? I grew up in Greensboro. What the hell are you people talking about? I'm the majority. Law-abiding citizen and lifelong resident of Greensboro, North Carolina. God bless this guy. Let's stay. Let's get him on the air one of these days and stay in touch with his campaign. Did he have okay. notes or a speech or anything? No. no. He was just no. winging it? He well, that bugs it. the hell out of me. He could come in here and do our jobs better than <laughs> us. That's not fair. Because <laughs> that no, was really uh, good. <laughs> he had no... Uh, no. After a lifetime of talking, I have never <laughs> given a speech that good. Well, didn't you hear him at the beginning? He said, I don't have an English teacher to prepare right. this for me. Yeah. I didn't get to come in here and practice. <laughs> just awesome. But he ended up being very, uh, very uh, cut to the chase, didn't he? He was really, really great. I would have swore we played that uh, when we were in podcast form, but if we played that in April of 2018, we were still on the radio. Well, and we might have been a little bit late to it. I'm not not sure we played it right on April of 2018, but we hadn't quite got the news yet. Well, then maybe I'm right. Maybe we didn't even get around to it until we were on a podcast form. Could have been. But his speech was April of 2018. Correct. And uh, what what the city was going through then was... uh, an attempt to uh, cancel a gun show and uh, stir up the old debates about uh, taking people's guns away, and that's why he showed up at the right. city council meeting to announce himself as, I'm the majority. You ever think about me? Hmm. I'm the majority. I'm law-abiding. And I noticed Reavers already posted the video clip to Twitter. And Facebook. Okay, yep. good. All right, very good. We're going to be back with Johnny Height. Cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. School canceled in St. Paul as teachers go out on strike. In a statement issued early Tuesday morning, members of the St. Paul Federation of Educators Local 28 said that despite ongoing negotiations, a deal was not reached. Monday night, the union turned down an arbitration offer that would avoid a strike, saying the district's latest proposal would slash support staff. The move to strike comes after a dispute over contract negotiations. The bargaining team said its three main priorities are a fully staffed mental health team in every building, more multilingual staff, and additional educators supporting students with special needs. About two-thirds of the nearly 3,550 members voted, and those who voted, 82% voted to strike. The strike affects families of more than 36,000 students. Last time educators went on strike, 1946. The district has established kid space locations hmm. to provide activities and meals for students in kindergarten oh. through fifth grade at no cost. Oh, so I sent out a tweet at, uh, I don't know what time it was, 6 a.m. Will the cancellation of school in St. Paul result in fewer cars on the road and a lighter rush? 
Hell if I know. You know, and it just an innocuous tweet to be tweeting sake. Yeah. People immediately started fighting about unions. I saw, I saw that. <laughs> it was so awesome. Did you just take a coat and walk yeah, away? I just backed away and watched, 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 watched the fireworks display. Sean, I don't know if you have this, uh, but I'm seeing this now. It looks like Melvin Carter has just appointed a new cabinet member, uh, Strike Prevention Alliance cabinet member, uh, to handle this. <laughs> What's the wrong button? Maybe not. I think that's fake news. Do you have a fake oh. news button? <laughs> Charter schools and private schools, though, still in session. Yep. Yes. Yeah. I have uh, I have one member of my family that was told she had to be out there uh, walking the picket line. <laughs> I bet that did not go Mandatory. over well. I saw them all standing on bridges over 94. I yep, said, that's how you doing? Exactly. How, how you, you doing? Do Give them a beep. Thumbs uh, up. Good luck to you. Meanwhile, in Osceola, Wisconsin, schools are closed over concerns of uh, COVID-19. O-Town. According to a release from the Osceola School District, an individual who attended an event at the school Saturday is confirmed to have a coronavirus. The district said recommended cleaning will take place during the day today. The district also says it will continue to work with public health officials. The Senate voted 64 to nothing here in Minnesota yesterday to earmark $21 million to reinforce the state's response to the coronavirus. Uh, the House followed suit hours later on a vote of 133 to zero. Governor Tim Walz said the probability is high that Minnesota will need to come up with more than the $21 million. That's under discussion, but he said that's what state agencies think they need, for now at least. Three Republican members of Congress who interacted with President Trump over the weekend announced Monday they are voluntarily self-quarantined Uh-oh. after discovering they interacted with a conservative political action conference attendee who tested positive for the coronavirus. Georgia Representative Doug Collins announced he'd been informed there's a picture of him at the uh, conference with the attendee who tested positive. He shook hands with Trump on the tarmac at Dubbins Air Reserve Base in Marietta, Georgia, Friday then join the president on his tour of CDC. Well, doesn't he have to go into, what do you call it, containment? He is. Quarantine? Yeah, he is. I mean. He is. Oh, he is. The Congress? You're talking about the Congress? No, 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 yeah. no I'm talking about the president. Oh, well, we're, we're not done oh, yet. Wait, yeah, no, we're, we're, we're going to read between the lines oh, on this one. Oh, I'm we're sorry. not done yet. The, I jumped the gun. The second congressman, Florida Representative Matt Getz, who was spotted Saturday night at Mar-a-Lago, where Trump hosted a Woo-hoo! dinner. I think you should say that every time you say Mar-a-Lago. Plus, I think you should say he served a tremendous dinner. Gets rode with Trump in the president's armored limousine, nicknamed the Beast, to the Orlando, Florida airport Monday, and then flew back to Washington with the president on Air Force One. He was also at the conference by the fellow who was infected. The third? Third what? White House chief of staff. Mark, Mark, Mark Meadows. Meadows. Yes. He announced he's self-quarantining until Wednesday after being informed he also may have come in contact. I just touched my eye. With the seat. What are you <laughs> doing that for? Self-quarantine! Self-quarantine! Yes. <laughs> Meadows received testing on Monday. So far, the results came back negative, according to a statement from his chief of staff. He's not experiencing any symptoms, according to the statement. Uh, the president, uh, by the way, uh, has not yet been tested. Reporters asking that yesterday in the White House announcing last night. He is not uh, been tested because he has no symptoms at the moment. But, but shouldn't we, he? We yeah. all assume he has it. Right? I'm not assuming that. Does he have a food taster? President, probably, yeah. huh? I, I think I he does. Know. What's I that job? Because so. he's afraid that uh, reporters yeah. are going to try to kill him on Air Force One by slipping him the bad yeah. meal. Yeah. Yeah. That's too many James Bond movies. Yeah. I'd do that job. I'd the, be uh, oh, hell yeah. I just tell him I'm not trying to seafood. You gotta, you gotta, you're on your own there. Take a chance. Uh, one ironic thing about this story I just read, Matt Getz, 
Uh, he last week was in the chambers. We think jokingly with a big mask. On. Yeah, the gas oh, mask. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, the giant that's, one. Yeah, the, it's funny stuff. The humorous World War II one. Matt's. I, uh, let me speak editorially. Yeah, yep. Matt's an idiot. Yeah. Okay. There. That's all <laughs> I'll say. Feel better now. I do. I really <laughs> okay, do. Good. <laughs> New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, meanwhile, has deployed uh, deployed the state national guard to New Rochelle, a, cor- a coronavirus hotspot just north of New York City. Cuomo compared the number of courses in New York to Washington State, where an outbreak there has spread to at least 162 people, killing 22 mostly elderly residents. Across the U.S. now, at least 25 people have died, but none in New York so far. Walmart said Tuesday it's deploying an emergency employee leave program as they confirm one of their associates in Kentucky tested positive. The infected employee is a woman at Walmart, said she's improving with care. Uh, they have Where'd you catch the coronavirus at Walmart? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I got uh, my enhanced license today. Did you? And I was in a crowded room, uh, uh-huh. and I kept thinking. How'd you deal with that? Well, I said the hell with it. I got to get this Just damn barreling license. right through. Okay. The woman right. ahead of me had the big towel around her face. Yeah. And uh, but the, the, she, you know, the guy would ask her questions and he couldn't understand her, so she finally had to take that off. Uh, yeah. Like a bath towel. Like a scarf around her face. Did you get the enhanced or yeah. the real? Enhanced. Okay. So basically, like, if you're going to rob a train in 1880, one yeah. of those deals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that that's effective. Butch, is that you again? Yeah. <laughs> My, uh, what I told you to do worked, though, didn't it? Yeah. Fill everything out it's in It's a advance. tip for anybody uh, to get this. Do everything you can online, and mm-hmm. then you bring the, that paperwork with you, and apparently it really speeds it up. Otherwise, you got to stand there and fill it out there. Yep. Yeah. Right? And then go up to Alexandria and do it. It takes two minutes. Yeah. And you you really don't need twenty five documents. You need you can I think, pick you can pick a document from one of four groups of documents. I took my license, passport, social security card, and a utility bill. Perfect. Boom. But I would suggest that people not wait until August because there's going to be a they're going to just going to be a backlog. Do it right now. It takes five minutes. Guy told me it's going to take two months to get it. Yeah. Right. I, well, I haven't got mine yet. Uh, January 17th is when I went. Well, you're coming up on two months. It'll be two months soon. Uh, The second round of major voting begins today as voters head to the polls to weigh in on the Democratic primary. Uh, Today, we have Michigan, Missouri, Mississippi, Idaho, North Dakota, and Washington state voters. This, of course, obviously could be very important. Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders uh, one and two in the Democratic race, depending on what happens today. John, I don't know if you saw this, but I got this from emailer John uh, from one of my favorite news sites, the Babylon Bee. Elon Omar now endorses Joe Biden after he confuses wife with sister. <laughs> yeah, Babylon Bee, we should point out, is a parody site. <laughs> right. Yes, right. Yeah, pretty funny. That's a great headline. It is funny. Uh, meanwhile, Biden today... <laughs> Well, he's campaigning. Uh, this, this is he is, in Michigan? Uh, he's in Michigan. Does uh, he know he's in Michigan? A worker came at him <laughs> on a factory tour this morning, and things got a little heated. Uh-oh. According uh, voters in Michigan's very important primary, which some believe could be the final standoff between Biden and Sanders, well, a worker walked up to Joe and said, you're not going to take away our guns. Biden misses no beat before responding, you are full of Bleep. Bleep. Wow. A woman tries to interject saying, I support the Second Amendment, at which point Biden shushed her. Shush. Shush. Wow. One of those deals. 
Biden said the Second Amendment right now, if you yell fire, that's not free speech from the very beginning. I have a shotgun, a twin gauge, a 12 gauge. My son's hunt. Wait, a twin gauge? That's what he said. <laughs> a twin, got a twin gauge. gauge. Got well, big dials on it. <laughs> a twin gauge. Then he, then a he twin said, gauge, boy. Then he said, guess what? I'm not taking your gun away at all. Do you need 100 rounds? The worker in a hard hat mumbles something, to which Biden yells back, I did not say that. He says it was in a viral video, a video just like the other ones that they're putting out. They're all lies. And then uh, he, you know, it's pretty good to this point, but then he says, take your AR-14s. Well, oh, the, 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 the very rare AR-14 yeah, they're, all, they're, only shoots uh, BBs, they're, they're AR, Daisy. Yeah, they're, they're 15s, of course. And, and so, uh, and it's funny, if you go to Twitter, you get 50%, you know, love that he went after the guy, 50% that the other guy went after Biden. And I saw one guy, the best tweet I saw on it was, rather than watch this argument unfold on Twitter, I'm just going to hit myself in the <laughs> swimsuit area. I yeah. want Mark Robbins to go away. That deserves this. One of those deals. That's not an official. No, it's not an official. No, no, not an official. Not at all. Not at all. But for those that couldn't enter the awards. (laughs) Of course, that's not an official, of course. course. (laughs) Under consideration. (laughs) It's getting a... Uh, State Fair was, what, about five months away now? We got more concerts announced this morning, Tuesday morning. Uh, Grandstand concerts. Uh, Miranda Lambert uh, will be performing at the State Fair, as will rapper NF. Lambert, who last played the Grandstand in 2008 with Dirk Bentley, will be joined by a guest who's yet to be named. Country singer has won multiple Grammy and CMA awards during her music career. And F is a Michigan native whose real name is Nathan Furstein. He originally came up through the Christian music scene before making the jump to mainstream rap and hip-hop, surprising many in the music industry when his last two albums topped the Billboard charts. In fact, when he was on that Christian tour, Rook, what hotel did he stay at? I know about Jesus because he likes to please us, so we know what we're going to be saved. What? That's all I can pull what? up right now. <laughs> all I can do is please us and Jesus. Yes. Christian so, rap? Have you ever heard Christian rap? I've never, I have, yes. You have? Fact, I have, yes. Well, something? he'll sell out the grandstand. Oh, yeah, yeah. he's huge. Yeah. Gigantic. He's 28. NF. NF. What's up, JS? Nathan, what did you say? Furenstein? Furenstein. Furenstein. The grandstand lineup this year also. Well, let me tell you about my people. (laughs) So far, we got NF, uh, Miranda Lambert, NF, the Doobie Brothers, Tim McGraw, and Darcy Lynn and friends. So I do want to see the Doobs. I kind of would too, especially with McDonald with them. But you know, we'll see. We know what night that is. That would be difficult for me. I think we figured out it was a Wednesday or Thursday. That's a school night. I think so. Oh, beer show night. Yeah. Uh, other music news, Led Zeppelin will not face a second trial over allegations that they stole part of Stairway to Heaven from uh, an instrumental track by the band Spirit. I've in, never heard that Spirit song. In a rare so-called end bonk decision, I've never heard of that, 11 judges of the Federal Court of Appeals in San Francisco let stand a 2016 jury verdict in favor of Led Zeppelin. A smaller panel of the same appeals court had previously thrown out the verdict after finding jurors had received faulty instruction. The decision will come as a relief to the music industry, which has universally backed Led Zeppelin against claims that the opening chords of Stairway to Heaven were based on the 1968 spirit tune Taurus. 
recording companies and songwriters. For Didn't the, we do this once when we were still on the radio and we basically came to the conclusion that they totally ripped oh this yeah, song it's, off? It sounds pretty it's much the exactly same. It's the same chord progression. It's but pretty that, much the same. It, 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 it isn't really. It, it is. No. no. The court rejected. No, no, you're wrong. You're wrong, Mr. I, FYI. I, I'm not wrong. Yeah, you think you know about guitars. So. Written, by, <laughs> written by Randy California, uh, the original version. Uh, Spirit, uh, Randy California is a great guitar player, by the way. He's dead. He drowned, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, the problem is, uh, for uh, some folks with the court case, uh, the, the folks never got to listen to the music. They they went just by copyrighted music on a, on a sheet. Paper. Yeah, so. and neither one of those musicians read music. Correct. Yeah, nobody Led Zeppelin does. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? But I I agree. They they shouldn't be held responsible for stealing. You read that. music, yeah. Uh, I can. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how to read music. You you're you're limited to. The church music, where you know if you have to go up yep. or if you have to go down when you're singing the song. Matthew, do you know how to read uh, words? <laughs> I'm working on it. I uh, got a little help, a little extra help. I, I find myself more of a picture guy. Yeah, uh, it helps. Pictures are way better. Uh, there is drunk, and then there's this in Ohio. Two teens were cited after they were found kissing in the Oxford Police Department. They thought they were in a dorm. Oh, boy. Put that on my loose Oh, boy. Dispatchers called officers to Where'd the... Where'd you get these crew? <laughs> Dispatchers called officers to the police department due to suspicious activity in a stairwell at the police department. 2.45 a.m. on Sunday, dispatchers reported hearing voices coming from the stairwell. A male and female were found in the stairwell. They were asked for identification. Asked what they were doing there, the male replied, We were just kissing. Officers could see several licenses in his wallet when he was asked for an ID. The officer detected the odor of an alcoholic beverage on his breath. The Michigan license he had was confirmed as a fake. The female produced a Pennsylvania license. She said she was from Cleveland, Ohio, and she reportedly told the officer, this is kind of embarrassing now that I think about it. The Pennsylvania license also confirmed as a fake. The pair were told again that they were at the police department. What they had been doing was caught on camera, but she said her friend lived in this building. It's a dorm. They were told again it was the police department, and the nearest dorm was blocks away. She also was found to be wearing a bar wristband, indicating she was 21 when she wasn't. Both were issued summons for disorderly conduct, offenses concerning underage persons, and transported to a residence hall and released into the custody of a friend. They're in a heap of trouble, aren't they, John? That's, uh, yeah, that's tough. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't you see a sign that said police? You'd think so. They had something else PD. in their mind, though. Yeah. They were amorous. Yeah, there is nothing true. better than busting someone with a, with the fake ID. You know, the the address lines are kind of crooked. They're right. going down. <laughs> like McLovin. Right. Main Street is spelled wrong. The right. A and the I are backwards. This is a tough one. This is a tough oh. story right here. I'm sorry to report this. Uh, a Green Bay employee of a Green Bay, Wisconsin funeral home and cremation service. Yeah. Yep. Oh boy. Died after being accidentally cremated by one of his coworkers. Wow. <laughs> Larry, get into the bin. Yeah. It, You're not going to. It's your turn this. to clean it out. This is unbelievable. It's not the way you want to go, is it? No. No. According to the police, 48-year-old Paul Houston decided to take a nap. Oh God. On a stretcher after working for 16 straight hours. Boy, that's a busy funeral home, John. It really is. While he was sleeping, another employee mistook him for the corpse of a 52-year-old car accident victim and carried him to the crematory. Wow. Before so any- they just shoot him up with the, yeah. the clothes on and Bam. the shoes and everything, huh? 
Before anyone could notice the mistake, he'd already been exposed to temps ranging between 14 to 1800 degrees Fahrenheit. Take a pause a second. Reduced to ash. That is the kind of efficiency I'm looking for if I'm an employer hiring. That's, That's right. They weren't going to let anybody sit around. That's were they? what I want. I want a guy that is on it. What's this guy doing in the hall? Let's go. Get this guy out of here. Well, I know. How did he not wake up? He well, did. You can yeah. hear some screaming. Unfortunately, he did. Uh, oh, wake I was going to say, yeah. I have a different perspective. I want to have a sleep once in my life, just like that, <laughs> where people are moving me around and I didn't get up. Uh, Jenna Anderson, who works, uh, in, in I the, didn't think of that. That was a good sleep. <laughs> who works at the funeral home says she heard him scream for about 15 seconds oh, after God. the crematory was activated. At first, we didn't understand where the sound was coming from. When we realized what was happening, it was too late. We shut down the heating system, but he was already gone. Oh, yep. The story I have is he was already ashes. That's what I read, too. Oh. Really? Oh. So you just, at that point, you I mean, I'm not that's joking, you finish it off, right? That's competency. That's, that's getting it done. But even 15 seconds is too much story. pain for me. That That's too much. 15 seconds is a long time. Oh, right? and that heat, well, I would not state the obvious, obviously, if I say that. Never mind. Boy, that's a tough way to go. That's uh, Taking a nap, and the next thing you know, you're in somebody's mantle. But if the, if I was the owner of that organization, <laughs> that, that employer, that employee that Put employee of the month. Uh, he He's a manager. He's yeah. now the manager. Yeah, but you also, you think about this, it, it, you have to be a little more like Donnie Love and find better spots to sleep at work right. so nobody's going to carry yeah. you away, right? Well, the mistake the guy made is he didn't check. He's a new employee. He didn't check for a toe tag. Right. Oh. Yeah. You worked in a crematorium? Yeah. He didn't follow the rules, did he? Well, no. Well, you're still making him a manager. Certain procedures that need to be followed. Yeah, you got to follow the rules. Yeah. Green Bay Packers fan, I think he was. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, John. What are you saying? Yeah. Jack's Cafe is located in northeast <laughs> Minneapolis, folks. And if you are If you planning, can do this segue, you oh, yeah, are the best in the business, my friend. I can certainly do this because those people in northeast Cash Minneapolis. Never too hot. <laughs> exactly. You know, sometimes that back patio will get a little warm, but uh, you're not going to, you're not, you're going to just have a fine meal and let's leave it at that, okay? Jack's Cafe is a wonderful place to maybe, you know what, maybe after you lose a, 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 long, a loved one. Have the party there. Have the party there. Gather and celebrate that life. That's exactly what they like. Private dining. They've got all sorts of catering menus. They can accommodate up to 250 people. Weddings, grooms, dinners. And I also want to let you know that uh, I just received an email. My husband and I, along with our daughter, her husband, and our other daughter, went to Jack's Cafe this past Saturday. It was phenomenal. We all ordered from the Rookie Date Night menu, which is a great deal. It fits all of our needs. Our one daughter and her husband are vegetarians. Nikita had the squash ravioli, which they weren't serving that night, but the chef made an exception for her. Of course, that's the kind of stuff you're going to get at Jack's. No take-home box was needed for that one. The rest of us either had prime rib, steak, tidbits, or salmon. Everyone's meal was fantastic. The food, the ambiance, and the wait staff were awesome. The back patio is beautiful. They want you to check it out. 612-789-7297. Thank you, uh, Wilmers and Duluth. We really appreciate it. And Jack's three generations. Generations of wonderful ownership appreciates it too. Call them for reservations. Don't forget about the rookie date night menu. 612-789-7297 or online at jaxcafe.com. Tell them Rook sent you. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Suchere. 
Good news on moose. Ah, huh? Or is it? This is from the Pioneer Press. An aerial survey of Minnesota's moose population shows that moose numbers have remained relatively stable for the ninth consecutive year, according to the DNR. Still, the moose population is at risk in the long term as reproductive success remains low. This winter, DNR estimated the moose population to be around 3,150 mooses, or range between 2,400 and 4,320. Due to the variance in this type of annual population estimate, this year's estimate doesn't suggest a decline from last year's estimate of 4,180. The survey provides an estimate because biologists can't see or count every moose across the 6,000-square-mile survey area. They survey a portion of the moose range every year to come up with an estimate. The DNR said the stability is good news, but Minnesota moose are still at risk. The moose population has declined from an estimated 8,800 in 2006, low reproductive success, and continued deaths from brain worm and other diseases makes it difficult for the population to recover. The Fond du Lac Band of Lake Superior Chippewa and the 1854 Treaty Authority authorized hunting and pers- uh, authorized funding and personnel for the annual survey. Then, then you go to the MPR, same story. For the ninth year in a row, results from an annual aerial January population survey suggest that moose numbers in northeastern Minnesota continue to hold steady following a precipitous drop in the animal's population a little over a decade ago. Mm. Now, remember, we were getting front-page banner headline stories about the decline of moose, and it was all blamed on climate change. Mm -hmm. Well, the moose have uh, remained uh, steady. Uh, Researchers say the results are statistically unchanged from last year. And that's really good news, said DNR moose team leader Glenn Delgudich. That makes us feel fairly optimistic, but on the other hand, the past survey results and this year's survey results do not forecast what we're going to see in the future. That's a dumb statement. Of course they don't forecast what you're going to see in the future. You can't know the future. Huh? You could have said the same thing in 1890. Right. We have 10,000 moose in 1890, let's say, but we don't know what that means for the future. Well, of course we don't. Uh, it turns out wolves are eating calves frequently. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, A landmark mortality study launched by the DNR found that parasites like brain worm and winter ticks, infections in wolves, were responsible for the majority of adult moose deaths. Wolves and bear were killing large numbers of moose calves. Winter tick, that just seems unfair. It really does. That's not right. Despite the leveling off of the population, Del Gudich, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, says those challenges still persist. Persist, he said. Adult mortality is still high, and he said the number of moose calves that survive to be a year old, called recruitment, remains low. Uh, in order to grow or have a recover, what's the perfect number of moose? <laughs> we don't How many know. moose are we supposed to have? We don't know. I'm pro moose, by the way. I like a good moose, mm-hmm. but I don't know what the number's supposed to be. Well, the DNR should it should be on their page somewhere. It's not. Wait, how do they know how many moose we're supposed to have? Didn't that also relate to a? a wasn't there a controversy surrounding the the wolf hunt with this, Kenny? Oh, you want to ago? open up that? No, we're not going to open that one because there's news on that front too. Well, I was going to say, didn't they coincide with one another? Researchers have found that female moose in Minnesota are still getting pregnant in high numbers. That indicates they are getting plenty of nutritious food to eat 
before going into rut in the fall. But during a three-year study of calf mortality, Del Gudich and his colleagues found only about one-third of baby moose survived to be a year old. Of the calves that died, wolves were responsible for killing two-thirds. Hmm. Hmm. That's significant. Mm-hmm. Well, but, what are you uh, going to do? That's nature being nature. Right. But climate change, uh, gratefully enough, is not mentioned in here. It's not mentioned. The moose are, are not vanishing. They're not disappearing. Uh, the only uh, thing we're left with is uh, how many moose are there supposed to be? And I, I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't like the expression brainworm. I don't like uh, winter tick. Yeah. Oof. I don't like ticks. Yeah. Speaking of wolves. No. I am never going to a no. restaurant. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm never going to a restaurant where before I'm allowed to dine, I have to have my temperature taken. I'm not, uh, I'm not doing that. A Chinese restaurant with three locations in California is taking no chances during the COVID-19 outbreak, and they have started taking every customer's temperature before you would be nope. seated. Oh, I'm not eating there. Outside, I would hope, right? Yeah. yeah. Before you're even in. Sichuan Impression, a restaurant serving traditional Chinese fare at restaurants in Tustin, Alhambra, and West L.A., is officially screening diners in what's reportedly a first. On uh, Friday, manager Summer Guo checked the temperatures at the Tustin location, ready to politely turn away any would-be diners with temperatures of 998 degrees Fahrenheit or higher, according to the Orange County Register. I have a, I have a more basic question. Do you, ever, do you ever go out to eat if you have a fever? I, I would not. I would not. No. It would, it would be horrible. I would, would say, you know what, I don't think I should go out tonight. I have a fever. <clears throat> I wouldn't want to go out to eat it with a no. fever. Right. Yeah. Their problem is, though, they should stop using the same thermometer. Like, okay, yeah. next, next. What if you only have Saturday night fever? Then I'm still staying home. Which was a really bad. Are you going to stay? You're going to stay home because you're interested in staying alive. Yeah, yeah. He wants to strut. That's, wow. I, he just wants I, to strut. I applaud you. I stole why, it. Why, why would you? Well, because it was funny. That was and, pathetic. And clever. That was pathetic. No, it was clever. He could have said something like, "Well, if you stay home, you just need to use your cowbell." Wow. <laughs> See that? Wasn't there a hoax over the weekend that Travolta had? Contracted the coronavirus, right? But it turned out it was Saturday night fever, and he's you know <laughs> staying, staying alive, alive. Yeah. staying alive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, these employees apparently have family in China, so they <laughs> uh, understand awesome? that. It's so yeah, awesome. Well, you lost that story, <laughs> Joe. I, I I, but I'm adding that to the list of places I would never eat: ranch, uh, uh, you know, city. City. city, city, chow mein yeah. ranch. ranch. I would be, I would be there for the grand opening. Yeah. There would I be, love chow there would mein. be so much. Slop in oh, your beard. Yeah. Chicken chow, I'd just be covered in it. Not if they have to Pork take my temperature. Right. Not if they have to take my temperature. My. And I don't want any of your sophomoric nonsense here. I find Uh-oh. this I find this interesting. There is a psychology behind see, we've all been wondering why are people uh harboring toilet paper? Yeah. Why is there a run on the stores in toilet paper? And apparently CNN fought uh, thought that this deserves some study. Mm-hmm. So there's this there's a psychology behind why people are stockpiling toilet paper. Uh, Reason number one, people resort to extremes when they hear conflicting messages. So uh, that's a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Reason number two, some are reacting to the lack of clear direction from officials. 
some countries have already imposed mass quarantines. People buying up toilet paper and other household supplies may be preparing for the same thing in their city, said Baruch Fischoff, a psychologist and professor, professor in the Department of Engineering and Public Policy uh, at the Carnegie Mellon University. Unless people have seen... Official promises that everyone will be taken care of, they are left to guess at the probability of needing extra toilet paper sooner than later. The fact that there are no official promises might increase those probabilities. Number three, panic buying begets panic buying. So you're in the store and you see somebody well, buying 15 rolls of toilet paper, you think you have to right. too. And in all the stories I've read about this, the virus, I've seen nothing about thunderous diarrhea. No, there isn't. So it's a respiratory right. disease. I would agree with you. Yeah. Reason Vigorous. number four, yeah. it's natural to want to over-prepare. Okay. Thunders. And number five, it yeah. allows some to feel a sense of control. The people who are stocking up on supplies are thinking about themselves and their family and what they need to do to prepare. Uh, it's, it's, a, uh, it's called wave of anticipatory anxiety. People become anxious ahead of the actual infection. They haven't thought about the bigger picture, like what are the consequences of stockpiling such products. I was given a box of toilet paper, and I made the mistake of leaving it in the office, and I got it home, and I did an inventory, and I noticed two rolls missing. Well, so really? I don't know who here... Uh, who here um, I did not uh, you're take it. You're just going to have to learn to live with yourself. Kenny things have been tight a little this month. Yeah. I have no anticipatory anxiety uh, about uh, anything to do with Corona. All you can do is wash your hands and lead your life. Wash your hands. And at some point, you know, maybe stop going into crowded areas. That's all I can do. Thunderous. Thunderous. Yeah. Violent. Yeah. Sorry, I'll, I'll pay you back. Say right now at EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake, I'm getting a lot of people wondering about the Bintelli e-bikes. Yeah. And uh, I can tell you that right now there's the preseason Bintelli bike sale through April 4th. All bikes at the lowest price of the year plus a free gift with every bike purchase to all GLers who mention the podcast. One year, no interest financing on all electric bikes with approved credit. This is EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. There's a huge Bintelli bike demo day with Tim's daughter, Kaylon, every Saturday in March. You get personal training from the best. She's the superstar teen who knows about Bintelli e-bikes. Uh, the selection is best right now. Add some, uh, add some joy to your life. Add some ease to your bike riding with a Bintelli e-bike uh they really are great i have to get another one unfortunately because mine was taken from me i can't use theft because it was taken by a, a family member but uh, man did that get snarped up fast and it's had a lot of miles put on it down in the old state of illinois where they don't have an eco fund motorsports no. uh but this is eco fund motorsports on saturdays a demo day with kaylin uh you'll go through everything you need to know about how these operate uh, and that's every Saturday in March. And right now, the lowest prices of the season. Plus, you tell me you're a GLer and you heard about EcoFun on the podcast. You're getting a free gift and one year no interest financing on all electric bikes with approved credit. GL will return shortly. Just have to get back to those old school values, don't we? Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life, Joe Souchere. 
Here's today's best beer segment. <laughs> don't we need a sounder for that? Don't, don't do that again. Don't, don't. Tracy do writes, growing up in Michigan, we used to bale hay in the summer oh. when, when the bales were still handled by hand on wagons and then stacked up in the hayloft of the barn that was so dusty, I am sure my lungs suffered some damage. Uh, baling hay is definitely one of the hardest jobs physically, but was great for getting ready for football season. I remember clearly one summer in eighth grade, we were working for a local farmer. We were paid a dollar to load the wagon in the field and a dollar to unload it in the barn. I don't think we were given any water all day, but at the end of the day, the farmer asked if my brother and I were thirsty. He said all he had was beer to drink, so he proceeded to throw us a couple of cold, sweating beers. It was our first. We chugged them down as fast as we could (laughs) because our mom was picking us up, so we didn't want her to know. They were fabulous. Yeah. (laughs) I can imagine. The bailing hay beer is pretty good beer. Uh, Anna writes, hail the flashlight king. Hail Hail you. I've been listening to Garage Logic for years, and uh, I am glad I can listen from Waukesha, Wisconsin. Uh, tonight will go down as the best beer of 2020 thus far. This was written uh, yesterday. It is 60 degrees in Waukesha, sitting next to the fire table with a local craft beer in hand, watching the moon rise over the pond with the birds chirping in the background. It's a good Sunday night. Oh, she was writing about Sunday night. Thanks for a great show. Uh, she's talking about looking at that worm moon, mm. which was on display last yes. night, the full moon, yep. right? But if Sunday night, you got a little bit of it, too. Yeah. But it was at its peak last night. Uh, Chris writes, my wife and I just finished, just finished putting our tax stuff together to take to our accountant. Was thirsty when we got done, so went to the fridge and poured a yingling from Alabama into a frosty mug and have to tell you it tastes pretty darn good. Does that qualify as a best beer? Uh, this is Doug the Barber. Yes, it does. Hmm. Certainly it does. Yeah, the tax beer. Yeah. The tax beer. You want a controversial hot take? Yeah. I'm not a big yingling guy. I am on the East Coast. But it's, I like it. It's just okay. Yeah, but it, it's of, of the non-craft beers, I like it. Okay. Yeah. Kenny, am I interrupting anything you're doing? Looking, why, why are you bothering me? I'm what? looking at a map. My best beer. What do you want me, me to weigh in on? Joe, just after, stop talk us. about how much you guys drink. And My best beer. After riding the, this is a pretty good one here. <laughs> after riding the Harley for 12 hours on a hot, steamy, sunny summer day, stopping at a motel, throwing my gear in the room, and walking over to the nearest small-town local tavern and having that first cold one at the bar. So good. My wife, who is Asian, and I were riding in southern Wisconsin one time and stopped at an old-time small-town beer. I'm sorry, small-town bar. She speaks English just fine as she was adopted as a baby in the USA. It was quiet as we went in as we were the only ones there. The bartender wandered over and asked what we would like to drink. She ordered a Bud Light. The bartender, an old small-town guy, says, Budley? And my wife says, no, a Bud Light. And he leans in closer and asks again, Budley? And she says, a Bud Light. The guy turns and looks at me and goes, what's a Budley? I was laughing so hard I had tears in my eyes and had to compose myself and tell him Bud Light. We figured he probably didn't meet many Asians and was convinced she could not speak English. Budley. Oh, you're like, Budley? (laughs) Bud Light. And Stacy, Stacy, the GL geologist, did weigh in. Pardon my tardiness. USGS first reported a 5.6 and upgrade, uh, updated it to a 5. You had good information reported. Several smaller quakes in the area. It is offshore, but right on the coast. 
this is Stacy, the GL geologist, talking about the uh, cluster of earthquakes that's been hitting Northern California recently, mm-hmm. which I think would cause some consternation oh, yeah. among <clears throat> the uh, residents. Did you see they had a minor earthquake in Italy, which, given what's going on there... You don't need that, do you? That, that may cause some minor consternation. You just don't also. need that, do you? No. 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 Well, if you have the entire... Yeah, that's true. If you have the entire state shut down... Well, you don't run out of your house. You're quarantined. Right. <laughs> right. Do you see of any of the uh, tourist destinations in the last couple of days? Yeah, they're empty. Yeah, people had them all to oh. themselves. Yeah. Hail the flashlight king. Hail, Hail you. I have found much joy and laughter listening to the show over the years. I have spent on the road in sales. Today, I believe I was listening to the podcast from March 6th. Not absolutely clear of that date as I miss some shows and catch up later in my work week behind the wheel. The boys were heckling you, Joe. After a pod break about the hiccups, you shrugged it off for further discussion, but I believe we are on to a hint of a topic. Someone, sorry, I can't remember which one of you yahoos, mentioned uh, asking, what's your middle name to was, rid them? That was Kenny. I had the hiccups tonight and asked myself the same question. Poof, crazy, it worked. Over my career, at one point being a bartender, I always asked affected customers, when was the last time you saw a white horse to rid them of the hiccups? It always seemed to work as well. I was wondering if this topic has any standing to look into further. No. Hmm. Uh, Probably a passing (laughs) fancy, but oddly enough, it made me want to reach out and ask with much admiration. I will always push back and stand up for our flag, Jill. Have you ever seen a white horse? I that, the, I've never tried that. I don't know the hiccups anymore. I've never tried that. I've never tried that either. No, I've well, never I think, tried that. Rook, the question you typically ask is, does this smell like chloroform? Right. <laughs> Hail the flashlight, kid. Hail, 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 Hail you. Joe, I sent this to you before a few weeks ago, but given the increase in COVID-19 <laughs> cases and the growing concern in the U.S., I thought I would resend it to you. Here's a link to an article in the Medical Laboratory Observer magazine about a coronavirus tracking tool created by John Hopkins. This is a great way to track the cases worldwide. And you go to wawawa dot mlo dash online dot com and uh, information technology maps <laughs> the link to the tracking tool is within the article uh, you lost me buddy you can move the map around and click on any of the red circles to get info about the number of cases deaths etc for each geographic area see the notes at the very bottom for details about how much the map about how the map was created and the circles represent. Good luck, Steve. P.S. My wife and I went to Grunhofer's recently to pick up some brats and jerky. While there, we also grabbed a bag of chocolate-covered caramels. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah. For those with a, with a sweet tooth, I recommend trying those as well. That's new to me. I didn't know Grunhofer's old-fashioned meats had caramels. Yeah, Chocolate-covered caramels. Yeah, they're best damn, and they're not even meaty. Some people pronounce it caramel. I go caramel. I'm a caramel guy. Yeah. I like caramel. It's got an A. It's not a silent A. Come on. All right. Well, but we're talking about Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats at the north end of Hugo in uh, downtown Hugo. Yes. Right you at the north end of Hugo. You just took home a meatloaf, didn't you? Yeah. And you too, Kenny? Do what now? You just took home a meatloaf, didn't you, from Grunhofer's? Uh, I want to get up there for 14 different kinds of summer sausage. Did I? <laughs> Pre-made oven-ready meatloaf. A new brat, beer cheese brat, pork Beer cheese, cheese curds, bacon, green onion, cheddar cheese, all of it fantastic. I want beef sticks. Well, you you don't get out of the parking lot. Yeah. But even if you uh, have a non-meat eater in your house, their chicken and their salmon is outstanding. Oh, yeah. Yes. Thanks to you, Reavers. I got in a fight when I got home last night because of that meatloaf. Really? Because she wanted to fix it tonight, and I wanted to put it off for a 
special occasion. <laughs> Sorry, for so last strange. night you had it. So no, last night it was something else. Uh, so you won yeah. anniversary you won the meatloaf. Argument. So you still have the Grunhofer's old fashioned meatloaf it's sitting there waiting for me. Mm-mm-mm. Don't eat it in one sitting no, like wait, Chris did with this. I know what Kenny's special occasion is. It's not what you think, people. It's not birthday. It's not anniversary. It's when he's home alone. Yeah. He can cook it and have it to himself. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You do know me special well on a TV tray. <laughs> I don't want to waste. <laughs> and plus, I've got an issue with sharing. I don't like sharing. Right. No, right. sharing is. You know, buy a big block of Velveeta and a meatloaf and, and he just, he double it, fist them. He leaves it in the uh, the aluminum tin thing and just starts just forking scoop, it right off of there. I use a spoon. Yeah. Uh, Harvard is telling students to move out by Sunday. They are all classes canceled. They're moving all classes to online classes wow. Wow. due to the coronavirus at Harvard. I think the kids will be benefiting by this. Anytime you can stay away from that failed academy, the better off you're going to be. Uh, but they're never going to do it. They're not going to have any classes. The goal of these changes is to minimize the need to gather in large groups and spend prolonged time in close proximity with each other in spaces such as classrooms, dining hall, and residential buildings. Harvard President Lawrence Backhouse said in a statement to students, they were set to bring uh, to begin their spring break on Saturday. Now they're being told not to come back. You know, speaking of spring break, a lot of people are going to be traveling. What happens when people are coming back from Florida, California, what have you? Is that when the panic is really going to set in here? I don't know. My my, I've said it before. I'm just grateful right now. I have no airplane travel because our spring break is what a week from Monday. Hmm. Correct? Isn't that when Minnesota? you know who's feeling it? Well, like you just brought up, everybody in Florida. You know, and Disney is still open, and all the theme parks are still open. But attendance, uh, I'm, I'm hearing, is down in some of them. Here, I'm going to give you a market update uh, just for the hell of it. You used to do this, John. You did it yesterday. I, I'll I, do it I today. Got it right here. Wait a second. <laughs> I just saw a tweet from a GLer, I think, who was down there, and he said it was crowded at Disney World. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Uh, we're up right now 0.89%. Okay, it's uh, a start. If you want that in a number, that's we're up 223 points. But I look at percentages because that's all that really matters. If you don't need the money today, you're not in trouble. So let me ask you something. Something here has happened in the past two days, and I think you're setting a precedent that I don't like. Okay. The reason the show is called Monday Night Sports Talk right. is because it's on Monday nights. Right. What's going on? Pat had a problem uh, yesterday, and we decided we'll we'll record it today. Does the problem relate to the story that he better tell on today's episode of Tuesday Night Sports Talk? I believe so. Good. Are we changing the name? or just He never told this on the air. He didn't tell the story. He said he wanted to wait a week so he could be able to. And we wanted... don't know if he's got permission yet. Well, but Kenny did ask him about it in your absence on Friday. We asked him on Friday. Yeah. And it kind of sounded like he was going to tell the story. We can't he was, help himself. He was worried he wouldn't be able to tell the story without using the F word 8,000 times. Right. Which does make the story better. <laughs> it does, but he can't do that. <laughs> Folks, it's literally the best story that he's ever told. It was so funny. Yeah, um, and you know, I don't know if he can make that magic happen a second time, but... We'll give it a give shot. Give it a shot. We'll give it a shot. We're going to give it a shot. Anybody going to frats? Uh, frats, I need 9-volt uh, batteries. I have a beeping 
Not fire. What's the other one? Um, it's carbon not monoxide. carbon monoxide detector. I'm gonna so drive, I will be going over there after the show. I'm going to drive right by Frats on Lake Street, and I'm going to hold my wallet up and shake it at him and say, "Not this time." <laughs> he'll get you. Don't worry, he'll get you. He'll get you. You may have won today, but Frats going to win out tomorrow. Do you smoke meat? No. Well, they they well. sell smokers. Oh. I have. I, if I if I got into it, I would be unstoppable. You've talked about this now two straight days. You want to get one, don't you? Ah, uh, there'd be too much work for me to actually smoke something. But the is it, you it talking wouldn't. about the green egg? Is that the one you're yeah, talking it's about? Yeah, it was a big black, oh, so head, easy. like a half a barrel. Yeah. It's an excuse to drink from eight a.m. till ten p.m. Yeah, that's, that's when the you problem. Over. When you coming over? Long. You know who is an expert and who you should seriously ask about it is uh, Glenn Perkins. Oh yeah, he's an excellent. Well, don't don't confuse me for someone who's going to take this up as a hobby. I'm merely pointing out that they have smokers there, in case anyone's interested. I think you should get one. I don't. I'm not, we'll get I, don't, you one. I don't see myself as the chef. In fact, you, on, on you should get one, get really bored with it, then give it to one of us. Yeah. <laughs> or we can bring over a slightly used one. What are you one. doing? Ribs? Craigslist yes. that'll drop one off. Yeah, ribs. Tell yeah. them where you live. Yeah. Yeah. You're over there on Maine? Yeah. Yep. I'm not a big rib guy. Oh, you will be after this guy. Yeah. He'll only stay the weekend. PodMN on your phone app or check out PodMN.com on your computer to download the latest and greatest in Minnesota podcasts. Zenny offers prescription glasses starting at $6.95, as well as affordable sunglasses, blue blockers, and more. The best part? Try any frame, anywhere, with our 3D virtual try-on. Visit Zenny.com today and change the way you buy glasses forever.